This is At Risk Radio. Welcome to At Risk Radio. At Risk Radio is a show where we talk about leadership in the church at risk. My name is Mark Stafford, and I'm the host of the show. I'm here with David Witt. David Witt is the CEO of SOM International and the author of the new book, God's Global Grace Movement, Hope Rising from an Awakening in India. Uh, David, in my church, I've seen a few disruptive things happen. I, I saw a person come in once who was part of a cult, and they tried to tell me that what he believed and what we believed were the same thing. I had somebody come in once and wanted to preach for me, so I will not come in unless I preach. I had a guy come in once, and he had a, a cross on his shoulder with a wheel, and he was walking down the aisle with a wheel, a wheeled cross. That was a little distracting. But none of those stories hold a candle to what happens sometimes in the assembly of those who are gathering in India. Tell me a little bit about Sudish. Sudish, I think is his name? Yeah. And the upheaval he was causing in the prayer meeting in India. Yeah, Sudish sets up today's podcast in leadership. I'm talking about how as leaders, and, and we, as God transforms us, we transform other people in what we want to focus on. And Sudish is definitely the bad guy that I bring to the table today that God totally changes. It's just a beautiful story how it ends. But this is definitely a guy that gets into a lot of trouble and causes a lot of pain to other people. And in that, he, he simply lives out what he saw. His father took, he said, many worldly pleasures. Uh, he was the controlling master, he called, of his home and and over his mother and, you know, just a tyrant in the home. Uh, he never felt mm. peace at home. And uh, he was never able because his father didn't provide it or support for that, able to get a formal education. And he didn't feel like his parents cared for him at all. And so at a young age, he began to worry about how he's going to care for himself because he felt like he was basically an orphan, even though he had biological parents around him. But they just didn't take care of him. He was he said he was good at mechanics and learned how to fix motorcycles. And, you know, so that skill kind of got him into with made him some friends. But these friends were bad friends. There are some bad people involved in crime and saw his natural ability with even yeah, mechanics is something they could add to their gang. And so um, he go join this gang and he would rob and beat rich people. Um, he said he even wow. lost his teeth, his teeth fighting people. He was aimless, traveling from place to place and causing trouble everywhere he get. He, he went and he would get uh, intoxicated so badly, Mark, that he said he'd fall on the road and just sleep there for the night. Um, wow. Yeah. And, and so one day his father now seeing his, his son's life as a, Total wreck, told him that he should start praying to the Hindu gods and that'd make his life better. So he said he went to uh, some of the prominent temples with over 200,000 people there. You know, he started this worship and then he got married. And his married life, his lifestyle, though, didn't change. He was constantly still causing trouble with other people. And one day he was, he said he was uh, drunk and unconscious and he's laying in the side of the road. And his wife's uh, later, when he finally gets home, gets sober enough to get home, he says, I saw you laying uh, on the road with flies all over you, so on the roadside. He said, what? He said, she said, why do you do that? You know, why do you do that to yourself? And, and instead of made him begin to think, why is it my wife is in the house and I am on the roadside? And he thought, okay, I'm going to become even more religious. So he started even going to more temples and engaging in the Hindu practices and he offered fires and coconuts and chickens and incense and, and everything he could. But he said they found no peace. 
It didn't fulfill him. And so he came to the conclusion there's no God, Mark. So now the story even unwinds even more because now you have a godless pagan, right, uh, who's just desperate for to find significance and family. And and so so now he says he joins this uh, gang of communist party members. They, even the Hindus don't like the communists. And uh, the police would often chase the gang, and it was normal for them to pay the police and just bribe them to release us. And he said one day a police officer pulled him over in the motorbike. He kicked him quietly, quickly rode away. And then just a little bit after that, gang of police came to him, and they severely beat him. And so from that, he, he was a pain and was say, so angry <laughs> that he drank until he was unconscious, and he went to kill them. Uh, he said he used to drink so much, it he would drink um, – Five liters of alcohol and more a day, many times. Oh, wow. So he was out of control. Um, the gang communists would travel these hundreds of villages, he said, with loudspeakers. And yelling, there is no God. And he would stop prayer meetings and threaten Christians every chance he would get. And he continued to drink and drink and just a life out of control. But during this, there's a constant. There's one Christian that they passed by times. He'd have quick interactions. And this Christian man continued to try to show him love, be kind to him. Um, you know, give him gifts. But he said he was very cruel every time that man came and, and you know, would spit on him and, you know, do and, and threaten him and on and on. But then one day he was beaten so bad, he said he couldn't talk, he couldn't move, he's on the roadside, he couldn't even see. And this kind man came to him and took him into his house, began to speak love to him, clean his wounds. But for three days, he literally couldn't see. He didn't know who the man was. But the man began to share the gospel, love of Jesus. And he told him how Jesus died for him, could heal his body. And he spoke all these words over him. As he heard them, his heart began to be quickened. And he couldn't see them, but he began to be warmed in his heart. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and when finally his eyesight came back, he saw it was a Christian man who he had hated and mistreated. Mm-hmm. And that just broke him. Wow. They saw that love being shown by this man. And that man continued to be kind to him to help him get healed. And he cared for him. And, and again, his wounds till he's strong enough again. He said, on the fourth day, I gave my life to Jesus. And he started traveling with this man and sharing the testimony. And now and to back to the places where he said, there's no God. And he said, now I begin to proclaim there is a God and his name is Jesus. Wow. <laughs> and then some of his gang, communist gang members were, were one to Christ. They began to meet together uh, and they and, and God began to touch their lives and um and and so ultimately the Lord but he he wanted to be get trained as a discipleship church player he didn't know how to read and the Holy Spirit helped him learn how to read and so he was able to graduate a few years ago and um, he's a discipleship planter today uh, in India so it's a radical story of transformation I just want to you know start with that for our point today of leadership of how we as transformed people are called to transform others. Well, when we get back, we'll talk about how a person who is living a life that's been transformed by the gospel is an influence on those who are rebelling against God. So we'll unpack that a little bit more when we get back from this break. At Risk Radio. Can you imagine trying to disciple a church with only one Bible? This is Mark Stafford from At Risk Radio, and our contacts in Venezuela are telling us incredible stories about people coming to know Jesus, all the while pastors are missing Bibles for their people. After receiving a Bible from our ministry, one man said with tears in his eyes, no one has ever given me such a beautiful gift. 
At Risk Radio, in our partnership with SOM International, is working to bring 2 million Bibles into Venezuela. For more information about how you can help, go to atriskradio.com. Welcome back to At Risk Radio. I'm online with David Witt. David Witt is the CEO of SOM International. And we've been talking about this incredible story about a man whose life was transformed by the gospel. Uh, uh, Sudish? Am I saying that right, uh, David? Yeah. Sudish. Uh-huh. Su- Sudish. You know what? The story reminds me of what Paul says in Titus chapter 2. And he's talking about Jesus. He said, At Jesus, he gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Now, you see a connection here between what God did in the life of Sudish and the Good Samaritan. So, David, uh, tell us a little bit, yeah, about about that connection. Well, yeah, when I interviewed Sudish, I mean, I thought, oh my gosh, that was a powerful story of a true. Just, I felt like that was a uh, a parallel story of the Good Samaritan of any testimony I've ever received. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of people, Mark, think you know, Good Samaritan is a great Sunday school lesson of basically being a good neighbor. Um, and yeah, there there's definitely some amazing moral lessons in that parable. But if we really look at the context of Jesus being asked by the lawyer, the lawyer literally asked at the beginning, how am I saved? Jesus asked him what Moses says and and talking about loving his neighbor. And then the lawyer wanting to see if there's a loophole, asked, who's my neighbor? And then Jesus, in that context, tells the parable of the Good Samaritan. So the context is about salvation. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 you see this parallel with Sudish's story. I mean, again, in the Good Samaritan, we have a man going along the path there to Jericho who's beaten. Um, and, and we see he is he represents death, mm. ultimately lostness of mankind. I mean, he's it says that he's near death. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and society and mankind's near death in sin. Uh, and then the robbers in the story, I mean, I'm going to cut to chase. I invite people to really look at this. Really represent, if we unfold this, is Satan in uh, our flesh. Uh, they represent evil in the world. And, and they're robbing God's seed. They're robbing his word. They're bl- being blindness. They're trying they're bringing death. Yeah, Satan is the author, of uh, the liar. Uh, and he uh, comes to rob, steal, and destroy. Mm-hmm. And then we get the religious leaders that pass on the other side of the Good Samaritan. And they represent self-righteousness of flesh and religion and trying to make themselves right before God. But where's Christ in this whole story, right? Yeah. And Christ is the Samaritan. He's the enemy. And and here we got Sudish. The enemy to him was this Christian guy. Yeah, right. He hated him. He mistreated him. Um, you know, and, and Sudish, the last guy who's going to help him is this cr- dirty Christian. Mm. And so then Sudish is, is beaten, you know, up, nearly unconscious, can't see. And doesn't even know who takes him in. And Bowman ends up being that Christian. Well, Christ, representing the Good Samaritan here, right? The Good Samaritan binds his wounds. And Sudas talking about his wounds were bound. He's given food. He's given kindness. And then in the, the Good Samaritan story, the Samaritan takes the man to the innkeeper. And, you know, the innkeeper memory, and he gives him two denarius for, and he says, whatever else is needed, when I come back. I will take care of it. And, you know, it's an incredible picture that God turns his work over to the body of Christ, the innkeeper, I think, representing God's people, the church, and and God and Jesus gave the provision of, um, you know, of even ultimately the Holy Spirit, and then telling he's, he's going to come back. And, of course, we know Christ is returning. 
and the innkeeper, us as the congregation, are to take care of mankind until he returns. And so Sudish, it's just a perfect parallel. Sudish is the represents that the gospel, the, I mean, the community of Christ, and now built up in Christ, receives the Lord, and now he's called to be a church planner. That's incredible. And to bring that message forth. Draw a parallel for our listeners, David. What can our listeners uh, gather from the, this kind of story? I mean, maybe more specifically, there's a lot of tension in the church right now. And there's a lot of people who are really fearful that somebody who opposes Christ uh, might get a foothold. They they might go unconfronted. Um, you know, may, maybe there would be a, you know, there's a us against them mentality. And that's not what we see in the scripture. We see that in this parable of the uh, of the Good Samaritan, that the person who opposed God was a person that kindnesses were extended to. What kind of modern day parallels can we draw uh, from these two stories, the true story about Sudish and the parable we see in Scripture? Well, what I, again, I think the leadership principle is so key that I hope people gather from our podcast here is mm-hmm. that I, I, from the metaphor here is that really it's Christ is a good Samaritan to us. But when we are transformed in Christ and he becomes our identity, we are now the good Samaritan. We are hated by mm-hmm. the world, misunderstood, mm-hmm. seen as dirty. Uh, no one wants to interact. Christians are hated, persecuted around the world. But yet, w- how do we win their heart? We we win them one with goodness, it, love. It's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. And that's what this Christian did. It suited his life. He just won them over with love. And then when the need was there, he met the need, demonstrated that love, we saw that obviously in the Good Samaritan. So Christ calls leaders that we are to identify the Good Samaritan. You know, don't be surprised when we're misunderstood, when we're discriminated against, when we're persecuted, but we continue to return a better good for evil. And that's mm-hmm. what's going to bring influence for, you know, influence of Christ, righteousness, and only going to even win some of our enemies over to, uh, you know, to be friends from foes to friends. That's right. Well, hey, we want to encourage you to be a better leader in the kingdom of God. And one way that you can do that is by staying connected with the great content that's coming out of Spirit of Martyrdom on a regular basis. You'll be so encouraged by the newsletter that comes out every month. It's full color. It has pictures from all over the globe of those who are risking much for Jesus and stories of those who are putting it all on the line for the gospel. You can sign up for that newsletter at at riskradio.com. You can also help with this podcast by subscribing, by sharing it with a friend, or by leaving a comment. We would love to hear from you, and we'd love your help in connecting others with the information that's provided during this podcast. If you have a question for us, we'd love to answer those questions on our program. Maybe you have a question for David about what's going on in India, or a follow-up question from what he shared today. Hey, please go to our website, and our contact information is there, and you can send a question to us. And lastly, At Risk Radio and SOM International. National, our crowdfunded ministries were supported as you sign up to be a monthly donor or as you donate in exchange for a book in our bookstore. All the books are free. We just ask for a donation, but you don't even have to do that. I mean, if you want a book, we'll send it to you, but we love donations too for those. You can go to the SOM bookstore and find David's book, The God's Global Grace Movement at spiritofmartyrdom.com. Until next time, my name is Mark Stafford, and this has been At Risk Radio. You've been listening to At Risk Radio. For more, go to atriskradio.com. At Risk Radio is a production of SOM International.